Why do you freelance? Did you happen upon the freelancer life like I did, or did you go into it hoping to get away from the corporate slog? Were you looking for better rates as an independent consultant, or were you simply trying to have more time for you and possibly even a family? These are questions that I've explored over the course of my tenure as the host of ODTV, and not many individuals have captured the why behind freelancing, like today's OD podcast, Patrick Olson. Listen to how he started in the NetSuite, the value he finds in being a part of the OD Cloud NetSuite community, and his familial motivations for working independently. You're listening to the OD Cloud NetSuite community podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks again for joining, guys. You know, re- really appreciate Patrick you taking the time on, on short notice to join us, and we're excited to get your feedback and and um, and you know opinion on, on on some subjects. But today, we're just gonna you know uh, dive in and uh, first let's start off with like a quick introduction to yourself. You know, if if, if you will, just uh, walk us through kind of how you started off in your career and how you ended up in the in the Netsuite space. Um, you know, if you could just walk us through that, that would be that would be great. Uh, sure thing. Yeah, my name is Patrick Olson. I'm a NetSuite consultant, uh, an independent contractor working from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm, if you know the area, I'm right on this, Miss right over, right, uh, not too far from the, the Capitol building. Um, I've been working in NetSuite since 2013. Um, prior to 2013, I had started a, I, I, I got forced into a career shift. I was working as an executive recruiter. And in 2008, you know, the housing crisis happened and my recruitment uh, that I had been doing was really centered in that area. So I, I instantly lost my job. You know, um, our, our, uh, it was a business I was running with my brother and uh, we didn't have much work. So I was trying to decide what to do. And I, I just registered an LLC and started trying to fix people's computers around town um, in Madison um, running around town, climbing under desks, running cable through the ceiling and stuff, you know, and, uh, doing that kind of work. And, uh, um, I ended up, uh, working with a, 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 a small to medium sized consulting company in Madison that worked with, uh, um, electronic medical records, consulting, sending consultants out to hospitals and, uh, and, uh, um, other like hospital type entities to install, um, EHR, EMR software, and they had NetSuite. Um, so I was working for them as like a, just whenever they needed my help as a contractor to come in and uh, help fix their computers. And then uh, um, they um, asked me to start helping with some NetSuite stuff and uh, eventually hired me on full time. And uh, originally I was a general systems admin, but I did, I, I did work with NetSuite and eventually NetSuite kind of just took over my whole job. Um, as we moved more and more into the, the ecosystem, um, when I started there, we were still running, uh, like the consultant management tool in Excel, you know, like, um, a pretty typical thing you see on a newer implementation where people are s- still using old tools, even though they still have NetSuite. Um, so we were storing things in box, um, dot on box.com and using spreadsheets to manage where our consultants were and just using NetSuite for dollars and cents pretty much. But uh, I, I was there for five years and the company really grew over that time to, um, I don't know exact numbers, but um, by the time I left, we, we had gone from, maybe we had 30 or 40 home office employees. When I left, we had over 200 and a thousand consultants in the field and all of that being managed by NetSuite. And by all of that, I mean the, the CRM, we had a separate data warehouse that we were exporting things out to for Power BI reporting, doing... Um, um, doing uh, um, surveys in Qualtrics and, and integrating that back into NetSuite, into custom records, all kinds of integrations. And, um, and I learned a lot while I was there. Um, a, lot, a lot of the, the, my basic NetSuite knowledge I learned just by working there. No training, just here's a, here's a problem, here's a job. Can you try to work on it and see if you can fix it, figure it out, you know, and uh, um, I, it was a great way to learn. I, 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 the whole time I was there, I was thinking, oh, I wish I could get the training too. But, and the training is, is valuable. I've seen a lot of it since then. But uh, um, it's a lot of the same advice you'd see on a, like a, if you're looking at like a JavaScript 
um, board or something. How do I learn JavaScript? It's just um, working on projects, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I worked with them for five years and got, got to work with a couple, particularly one very talented consultant outside um, from outside the organization that we worked with, a very great NetSuite developer, and um, to, just ended up being a kind of mentor toward uh, for me. And um, I really looked liked the way that he worked. Like, oh, that seems great. You know, he lives in Panama. He works when he wants. Um, nice. <laughs> and uh, so I, I really, uh, I really kind of. Um, uh, had this great view of consulting and I wanted to get into it. So I, so I left there after five years and went to go work for a manufacturer in Iowa um, to learn a different area of NetSuite because I was concerned that I had learned NetSuite in a very siloed, very um, that employer way. So I got to pick up uh, some manufacturing and wholesale distribution. And after about a year, I went to a five-star partner um, and I've been consulting since then. Um, and currently now I'm working as a, uh, as an independent contractor, freelancer, um, working and working on different NetSuite instances. Nice. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, interesting path It's definitely a unique one, you know, compared to what a lot of other people that, um, we've met, uh, take. So, uh, but that definitely raises an interesting question. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, like, you know, you always see people that are, I actually had a friend who was living in, in, in Colombia a while back and just working from there, you know, and I was like, wow, this is the life. Like he just gets to work from wherever and, uh, you know, super flexible. Um, but you did mention something interesting, you know, you mentioned you were working for a partner and, um, you, you know, um, you switched over to uh, independent now, I think, you know, each one has its benefits. You learn a lot when you're working with a partner, but eventually, you know, a lot of folks that, that gain, a, lot of, uh, gain ex- a good amount of experience and have the confidence to go independent, do go independent, but everyone has kind of like a, a different motivation and, and desire. So what was your, you know, motivation fac- uh, factor or the path that led you to kind of go towards uh, going independent? Yeah, um, I... Having worked for that first company, they're called Nordic Consulting Partners. I, while I was working for them, I, I'd say probably for two years running before I left, I had thought about like, oh, I'd really like to get into consulting, but I was always stopped by the imposter syndrome, you know, like I'm never going to be as good as this consultant that I work with, you know, like um, he, he knows everything, you know, or it seems like he does. And why would somebody listen to me, you know, and uh um, I, I got over that that fear um, as I worked in NetSuite and got to know it better. I also got uh, my um, PMP and a couple other certifications over that time, and that kind of gave me some confidence. Like um, I've really put in the work here. Like these these certifications took some work. I, I had to prove a lot of project time and things like that. So um, that that getting over that was a big hurdle for me just to get into consulting, and then. I've, I've always been inclined towards um, working for myself. I'd like to have something that's mine, you know, as much as I enjoy working for an employer and getting to know the staff and um, the relationships that I build there. Um, this isn't the first independent venture that I've, tr- that I've tried on my own. It's probably the fourth. Um, yeah. And uh, um, uh, and it's small, you know, it's just me, you know, um, but, but, uh, but I, but I enjoy it. And, the thing that kept me out of it for a while was as my career grew, my responsibilities grew personally and professionally. You know, um, I got married, my wife um, and I had a, a son, he's four and a half now. So the idea of, I, I had this idea that I just cold quit and then I'd have to start finding clients or something. And, I, and I, there'd be some kind of gap where I wouldn't be making money. But uh, um, I've found a more natural transition into it where I was able to switch to a, uh, um, at, to a contractor and retain clients that I had with a, with a, uh, a company I was working with. So it was kind of a nice, um, soft, um, landing or, or an easy entrance into, into freelancing. So I'd say anybody that's afraid of going out on their own for those reasons, which I, that, that definitely held me back for a while thinking about the fears of being on my own and how I've got to do my own taxes. I've got to do, you know, my own business taxes. I've got to, um, keep track of everything. And then I think, you know, I'm an ERP consultant. I should be able to keep yeah. track of my own finances <laughs> and my own taxes. That's not always true. <laughs> no, it's not always. But, <laughs> but, uh, um, but 
a lot of it is just getting over my own my own fears and my own uh, my own uh, like imposter syndrome type fears, which I know are not unique in IT and in NetSuite. Um, and I'd say anybody that's interested in it, like you know, talk to somebody else that uh, that that's in this uh, that that is freelancing or that's out on their own. How did they get into it? That's why I think this podcast is really great and really worthwhile because I would have really appreciated something like this when I was yeah. considering this change. <laughs> no, true. I mean, it's, uh, it's funny because our story kind of uh, relates a little bit because I started freelancing, I think, so my wife and I, so I was still dating at that time, my girlfriend at, at that time. So I was, okay, I'm going to go. I just came to, to the U.S. also at, at that time. I'm like, okay, let's uh, let's give a shot to freelancing. And I think six months after I was still struggling, I, I had one client, right? One client paying the bills a little bit. And six months after she told me she was pregnant. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's think about this. Six months ago, I was working for a top consultant firm, you know, Deloitte paying, the, not, not paying good, good money. That was great. And I said, okay, let's give a shot to freelancing. And six months after, my life is you know, it's, it's, it's almost about to change, right? So it does, it got, I mean, at some point when I thought about going back, <laughs> I was like, okay, this was fun, but uh, I'm still having you know, to get my clients on my own. Still very tough. And I agree with you. I think at that time when I transitioned, there was no I mean, there was no resources out there. And again, everyone I was working with that were independent. They've had like 10 years of, of, of experience. They have like connections all over the place. They know this guy at IBM and this guy, whatever company. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's easy to tell, tell you names of people they work with. And mm-hmm. you are sure they would never run out of jobs because of all those connections they had, right? Mm-hmm. For me, I was like, hey, I know a few buddies, but they're all like me, struggling to get clients. <laughs> so, so, yeah, definitely uh, understand that here. So I think for kind of, just to kind of follow up on that. So right now, if you are looking back, right, you kind of took, you know, you kind of took the option to leave to become a freelancer, but you kind of had to get those certifications, uh, get those project hours. Would you have done all of that? If like right now you think, is, is it worth it to kind of back, back yourself up with certifications? get a bunch of tools is that is that worth it like PMT, um, for example you know i think it, it, it this isn't a great answer but it probably depends on the person and in, in in my case um i took a kind of roundabout uh um, way to get to the career i'm in right now um i kicked around a lot in my 20s you know and uh what wasn't uh career driven for like my early and mid 20s and so a lot of times my like imposter syndrome type stuff um, mm-hmm. comes from me feeling like I'm a little behind, you know, like I, I got into this field when other people were getting in in their 20s, or early 20s, and they've got all this time ahead of me. So I felt like I kind of had something to prove. And I, I can remember back in uh, like my PMP certification, I, I can remember back in like the, the mid 2000s, I was thinking about like, what, what am I going to do next? Like, what, what should I do? And I, it was like Googling most valuable IT certifications. And that one usually came up as one of the higher ones. And then I'd look at it and see like, oh, you need to prove 6,000 hours of project work. I can never do that. You know? So when I realized I could, I just went for it because it was, it was something like, oh, I can do it now. You know, like I put in, I put in enough time that I actually can do this. And the NetSuite certifications, I, I, I have uh, um, foundation and admin and the two user certifications, finance and uh, suite analytics. Um, um, those I just went out for on my own. Like my, my, my employer didn't really ask for them or anything. I actually asked one of my employers about it one time. They're like, yeah, it doesn't matter to us. You know, if you have that or not, you're still doing the same work. Yeah. Um, so it, it was more for me, you know, and it gave me some confidence when I was applying for jobs too. like, Hey, I've got these certifications and I, and, uh, um, outside of my degree, you know, um, that I put in this time. So it, it, it definitely gave me confidence to apply for jobs that I might not have in the past. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, uh, I had last week we're speaking to breathe, right? Yeah. She said if she had to give herself an advice, you know, when she was probably early on on her career, like 20 years, when, when, when she was 20, mm-hmm. she would give herself the advice to focus more on our own development mm-hmm. as opposed to just, you know, hey, here's my job. I just do my job and just stick to that. So she wished she had spent more time mm-hmm. to get certifications, to train herself, even if it wasn't part of the employer's path, right, mm-hmm. for, for her. But by herself, take the initiative to, you know, 
like get, get certifications from NetSuite and stuff like that. So yeah, it's never going to hurt you, you know, to, to exactly. try. Like I learned a lot of things yeah. um, just in the foundation studying, like, oh, wow. You know, like that's little okay. thing, like I'm thinking about in particular the, un, um, the run unrestricted checkbox on safe search. I just never yeah. touched that before. <laughs> and I saw it when I was studying like, oh, that's, oh, nice. this is you know, so I learned some, I learned some valuable things while I was uh, studying for it. So I'd say it's it's not going to hurt you, and and uh, the worst thing that could happen if you try is you fail and you and you and you take it again. It costs a exactly. little bit more more yeah. money, which is a consideration for people. But yeah. um, I know that I can think of two two sweet worlds. I've been to Sweet World three or four times. Coming back like all fired up about it, you know, thinking, all right, I'm going to come back and get certifications, and then you know, work gets in the way and life gets yeah. in the way, and I just didn't do it for a couple of years out of um, fear that I'd fail or, or, or not devoting the time. And when I actually just sat down and did it, it didn't take all that long. You know, I, I at that point I had five years of NetSuite, but it didn't take that long to study and try it. You know, I mean, one of the things behind tests in general is just that, you know, it, it is, it, it is a test at the end of the day, it's not going to cover everything. And, mm -hmm. you know, it gives you that confidence. And also, you know, for, for some clients, it gives them, uh, it makes them feel, um, a little bit more, uh, a little bit, better about the fact that you're a certified consultant working on their um, uh, project or on their work. But at the end of the day, I've seen some of the best consultants out there that are not, uh, you know, that don't possess uh, an ERP certification or, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. one or another. So really, um, I think, you know, what, what I found in my experience, and, you know, I'm interested in hearing uh, your opinion, Ozar, as well as yours, Patrick, but I found that what makes you successful, at least in, uh, in the NetSuite or ERP space, is that desire to uh, you know, uh, be persistent in troubleshooting and learning, right? You're going to have days where, you know, like a, a good example that bugs me, but I still, you know, uh, I, I love doing it, but it bothers me at the same time are like CSV imports. I was doing one earlier today and I, I kept running into those errors and each time you fix one thing and something else comes up. But if, I, if you just give up, right, you're never going to move past it. You have to be able to you know, I have that iterative approach where you keep modifying one thing after the other and keep feeding it through. And not only do you get to learn that way, uh, but, you know, it, that's that's how I've found uh, myself to be successful in this space. Um, but, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, go ahead, Patrick. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I, I, I definitely see people like um, that um, consultant I was mentioning earlier that seems like he knew everything. I, he's a very smart person and very good at what he did but he knows everything because he's run into that problem before, or he's done that before, you know? And uh, um, as I run into new things in NetSuite, that just gets added to the, the toolbox, you know, that maybe I don't know it inside and out. Like I was working on something on um, amortization schedules earlier today, and I'm not really an expert on it, but I went, I looked at the documentation and it made sense. And the next time it comes around, I'm gonna know at least where to start or or have a, an answer or a better answer than I did this time, you know, so. Right, right. Um, yeah, and, and also I think one thing with NetSuite is that there's little, I mean, there's a lot that's written, like documentation and stuff, but there's a lot of things that you discover, you know, mm -hmm. kind of randomly on your own <laughs> and oh, just yeah. experiment and stuff. So I see like sometimes you can read so much about NetSuite and Sweet Answers, but the most creative solutions out there, the one that came from someone's mind after like spending hours back and forth on mm -hmm. this thing, <laughs> clicking uh, everywhere and kind of figuring out how to make this stuff work. So mm -hmm. I think that's also a good aspect of, having a network, you know, I think probably we'll talk about that later, but yeah, being able to, you know, to pick some people's brain and troubleshoot things within NetSuite is probably the best skill, I would, mm -hmm. I would think, for this domain. Yeah. yeah, the last thing you want to do, right, is reinvent uh, the wheel, so to speak. There's always someone that's probably done it a uh, different way, and you can still figure out the solution. You don't want someone to hold your hand, but it always helps to get some guidance on, hey, where do I start with something like this, mm -hmm. right? So I think that that's something we see with our um, with our, with our platform. And uh, one of the best things about this community is that everyone's really willing to help even without, uh, you know, they're just, they're just, they just have a willingness to mentor each other and help each other out and provide feedback, uh, which is, which is really nice to see. Um, uh, Patrick, one, one other thing I wanted to, you know, um, ask you was as you, as you were, um, you know, a consultant in the past, um, you know, speaking from my own experience coming from the consulting world, um, 
one of the things that I, I used to feel a lot was like, you know, uh, I used to feel, and, and maybe it's just because of the, the longer hours or whatever else, I used to feel a little more stress, right? And I, and I feel like it's uh, now that I have more control uh, as, as a contractor, you have more control over your hours, your work, uh, the projects you're on. I mean, how has that changed for you? Has, has that, you know, gotten better or worse? Like, you know, I want to, I'd love to hear about what what may basically kept you up at night when you were a consultant and maybe you know what's keeping you up at night now if there's anything that's you know uh, on your mind these days mm-hmm. yeah that's a great question um and the contracting work is is still pretty new to me i just i, I just officially went full-time a lot in the last couple of weeks um so it, it is it is really new to me but i i can already see some of the benefits and now i'm trying to decide if it's just the feeling of something new you know, like when you start a new job, there's an excitement, but uh, I'm kind of, I'm doing the same work and working for the same clients right now yeah. than I was before. But I um, now I don't want to um, speak ill of former employers or anything like that because they were all great to me. I'll just say that first. Um, but working as a full-time consultant for a five-star partner, there was a lot, there was a lot of pressure and they were upfront about it during, inter- during interview. I, I will, I'll say that, you know, they, they told me this isn't for everybody that this is, this is, this can be intense. It's, there's a lot that's expected of you. And, and I, I bought in, you know, full, um, I, I was totally into it. I said, yeah, you know, I'll, I really want to try to get into consulting and I think um, we'll see how it goes. And I, and um, over time it, it, um, it wore on me after a while, you know, I was bringing it home more and more and more working at night more and more missing things with my kid, you know, and just feeling, and a lot of that was me, you know, I, there, there was some pressure from, from the job to, to get things done. I don't want to like put this on them or anything or on the, the, the employer I worked for. Um, because I, I, I do have a perfectionist streak in me, um, and full well knowing that I'm not perfect. Um, I try, I try to be sometimes and it, and it can be to my detriment. Um, but I, I definitely put a lot into that job where I was, I, where I was feeling really worn out. And there was just a day where I just felt like I, I, I don't know if I can do it anymore. And that, that was a day when I, when I talked to my wife about it, she just said, don't, you know, don't, it's not, it's not worth it. And I know people that are still there that love it. So I, it's, it's, it might be a personal thing. So I, I definitely don't want to say that this is, that this was the employer's fault. You know, this is, um, it, 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 it I brought a lot to the to to the issue that wanted that that had me wanting out of working as a full time consultant, um, and now working as a as a contractor, the benefits that I can see immediately are um, well, like I had mentioned, I've always kind of wanted something of my own, and I can feel that already. Um, there's a, a different kind of responsibility when I know it's just that that, that it's not a salary; it's it, it's it's my work. You know, I'm standing on my work. Um, and I'm also looking forward to a lot of my life is driven by my values. And I won't get into that too much in this podcast because it doesn't matter. But my, but my personal values about the world and the environment and things like that are really important to me. And um, being able to choose my clients if I'm in that position, you know, like to be able to pass on something and not have, feel like it looks bad in, on me at work or something just say, you know what, I don't have time for this, or I'm not, I'm not going to be able to work on this. And that's it. You know, like I, um, and I can, I, ideally, I mean, talk to me in a year, maybe I'll be have, having more, t- more trouble getting work and have to pick something up, but I'm really looking forward to being able to work on things that I believe in and that I enjoy. Yeah. So I don't just feel like I'm just billing out or like work an hour, bill an hour until the day's over so I can be done with work. Like I can enjoy feel like I'm doing something that matters besides just, you know, you're helping people when you're working in NetSuite, you're helping them make their job better ideally. And that's a nice yeah. feeling. But if I can work towards something positive as well, that's, that, that's important to me. And I, and I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, honestly, I think that's one of the things that you appreciate as a contractor, going back to the fact that you can choose your clients. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I do agree with you. There are some times 
working for a big partner, you know, <laughs> you get to be in the, it's not, it's not just because you don't like the industry or because you don't like the guys working there. It's just, you know, you have other beliefs in life, right? You know, you don't want to contribute to that thing that you think that company is doing and you know exactly that's the wrong thing, right? Mm -hmm. It could be whatever it is, right? So I think that's one thing too that you, that bothers me. If you have to work hard, so hard, right? Put in like 10, 12 hours a day mm -hmm. for, for a client you want to at least make sure you kind of, you know, it doesn't conflict with your internal beliefs of things, right? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that for me was a big one too because we did have like a few clients when I was working, uh, you know, in the, in the big four that honestly I knew what they were doing was even like the way they treated employees and things like that that you see internally, you, if, if I had a way out, <laughs> I, would, I, would, like, I would have taken it. But as mm -hmm. a, as a con consultant, you have a job to do, you do, you do it. Even if mm -hmm. you see the internal things that doesn't really fit your, you know, the beliefs that you had. So yeah, yeah that's, that's when it was a bigger one, I think, for when I decided to kind of quit. So mm -hmm. I will say, I, I do want to say about that, uh, my experience working for a partner, um, I did get to work with some wildly talented people and work on some big projects, get in some really good time, like we're working with great developers, great project managers, and mm -hmm. and it really spread out my contact base too, like, the, yeah. um, like what Osar was talking about earlier about um, being nervous about going to freelancing because you don't have the contacts. I did get some great contacts there where having left some former employees and, um, and like vendor contacts I made and things like that, where I I've been able to leverage already, you know, even, uh, it, it, as young as my consulting businesses, you know, but, uh, um, so that, there were, there were, there were a lot of positives about it too. I don't want any of my former coworkers to listen to this and think that I'm just beating up on the on that on that outfit. Oh, for or anything. Sure. Yeah, you know, it, it was a great experience. Um, it wore me out, and I and uh, I, I and I am I want to be able to work and do good work, take care of my family, and enjoy my life. You know, and that that for me that means having more time to myself to be able to pursue my own personal projects and passions. And not go to sleep at night and think about, oh man, the project tomorrow. You know, like that having that be the last yeah, thing I think exactly. about when I go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's what I find. At least my experience um, on the consulting side was 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 on one extreme or the other, where you have some consultancies that are still top partners, but you know they're still growing and expanding, and so um, you know they have smaller projects, and you're kind of like allocated to them. Maybe you're hitting twenty hours a week of billable work and the rest is kind of other admin stuff. So that's also not challenging because now you're, you know, you're going to start seeking other stuff. You're a full-time employee, but you're not getting 40 hours of work. You're not, that means you're not really learning anything new, right? You're probably just dealing with the same stuff in and out. And then um, any good consultant, is not going to feel fulfilled when they're not being challenged. Right. And then the other side of it is, is working for a larger partner where now you're getting um, you know, I think at, at one point I was managing, I was involved somewhat in like over 12 projects, even at like a higher level. But, you know, I had moments where I was working till like 6 or 7 p.m. And then I was thinking about my next 8 a.m. meeting and and all that stress, it, 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 it channels into other aspects of your life because you can't separate yourself from work. And that's only harder when you're working remotely. Right. I mean, I've been working remote for, for many years now. And so it, it becomes, you know, like Ozar has a co-working space that he can go to. I unfortunately don't. Only I'm, escape. <laughs> I'm in Toronto and, and everything's closed down. I couldn't even if I wanted to. I used to go to a coffee shop or something for a couple hours a day because A, I can focus better when I'm away from my home environment. And B, it feels like I kind of left my work behind and home <laughs> is a place to relax. Now, um, the only thing separating me is this room versus my bedroom, right? So this has become kind of like my, my office space. But it's still it's still within the home. It's still uh, a different uh, feeling, so to speak, and um, and that's what I found challenging was was the amount of um, uh, stress and the number of hours had exceeded and became kind of like a an, an, an expectation. Even though we were only required to work forty hours a week in order for me to be successful and be fair, uh, you know, I just didn't want to say, okay, that's it. I'm done my forty and I'm done. No, I have a commitment I made to all of these clients, and I have to do good on that commitment. Mm -hmm. no matter how many hours it takes, right? And so it would end up taking a little bit longer in some cases. And that's what I think started to drive some stress factors in my life. And I started to explore other options and see, hey, you know, what else is there out there? There's got to be, you know, um, like I can, uh, I have enough experience where I can probably go out and uh, uh, find a couple of projects on my own and just just work with, uh, with some clients directly. Um, so that's, that was sort of my experience that caused me uh, to transition and start thinking about you know, uh, work outside of the typical consulting realm. Mm -hmm. Patrick, if you don't mind me asking real quick, so 
now that you talk about industries that you don't probably don't want to work in, can you give us a few examples of industries or things that you like doing? Like what, what, what will be your ideal type of customer? Like what, like oh, okay. what type of business they do, what industry they work in, just to kind of get an idea. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, my, my wife and I and my family, we are very into um, like uh, organic food. Our, we, we go to our food co-op like almost every day. We have a, thankfully have a really wonderful food co-op in Madison. And um, we actually spend time where before COVID, we used to spend a lot of time there, you know? And uh, um, so we, we spend a lot of time in our personal lives um, considering the, and not to make it a political podcast or anything, but our, our, like issues in fact uh, affecting the environment and you know the 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 like physical future of our world and uh to that end i i had a i i'll put it this way i i when i went to go work for that um partner at the time i had been um uh, working with a with a recruiter and uh they presented me with a couple different options one was i could go work for like a um um, an energy manufacturer, like an oil company, or I could go work for a company that makes solar panels. And it's like, Oh, the, the solar panel company, you know, like that, yeah. that's just the way that's just, the, and I'm not trying to like tear down the, the other industry or anything that employs many people. And, and that's great for them. It's just not something that I want to work in. So like, um, anything in like your typical, like ESG fund or something like that, if you're in investing socially responsible, um, so there, there's there's a consulting company out there called Blue Banyan. Um, I don't mean to give them a plug, but they do a lot of work with solar, and I think that's really cool. You know, I think that's really a really neat way to customize NetSuite, like for them to go after something in NetSuite. I think that's great. You know, like uh, and and that I don't know if that helps answer the question, but the the like um, environmentally responsible type companies um, or companies that have a that kind of mission, I really enjoy working with. Yeah, it does. I think I think that's something that they're actually praised for. You know, uh, we actually have the um, the um, I would say the uh, opportunity to take that stand, right? So it's not it's not like you know it's not every job domain that have that opportunity to go on their own and start selecting the clients they want to work for. So we do have that opportunity. So I would just say, yeah, it's also our best interest to really kind of get picky. You know, I mean, we we love things we do. For me personally, is the music industry. I would love so much, <laughs> like anything. Oh, yeah. It could be, it could be, be NetSuite. It could be fixing computers. As long as you put it, put me in the music studio, that's yeah. it. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So that's pretty. Much, I mean, every person has their own interests. I'm also very, you know, very conscious about how we use the earth and the resources and how we use them. But mm -hmm. again, I think everyone have their own domain. As long as you feel, it feeds you as a human, and you feel mm -hmm. like you're getting really a lot from that client on that industry like that feeds you personally, you know, your soul and stuff. I think it's really good to kind of look for those clients and you know, track yeah. them down and say, hey, you know, I love modern Netflix stuff. I also like to get the fact that you guys do this and that, right? So Yeah, unfortunately, Net, fortunately, Net, uh, NetSuite being a product that can be used in, like I have yeah. family members and friends ask like, what do you do? Like, what what is this product? What does it do? And like, it runs your business and it can run all kinds of businesses. Kinds of business. You just <laughs> add, add on different products to it and you can, run your warehouse, run your restaurant, run your, your e-commerce shop, you know, it can do all kinds of things. So um, there is the opportunity to find neat clients that you, that, that you enjoy working with. Yeah. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And I had going back to your point about the long hours and, you know, the crazy craziness of consulting. I think if they have put me in the music studio, all these 60 hours, <laughs> 80 hours of work, I probably would have, wouldn't have complained that much as opposed to being in a warehouse somewhere in Mississauga, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and trying to configure NetSuite for these truck lifts and this driver. I mean, it's fun, but again, you know. That's true. Music, yeah, music studio environment is way better than being yeah. in warehouses and doing all that stuff. But, but yeah. you, know, I, you know, I had fun learning net, learning manufacturing and, uh, and, and warehouse management at NetSuite by working with this um um, employer in Iowa, I'd, I would, I'd go out there, I'd drive out there once a month yeah. if they wanted me on site once a month. <laughs> um, and it was a five and a half hour drive, which I disliked, but I, um, you know, I enjoyed meeting those people and learning what they did every day and learning their, 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 their job too. It wasn't my, and I like, hi everyone at Merrill Manufacturing, but I like, I, I miss those guys. Yeah. Um, so it, it is such a neat product that you can learn something new, especially if you have a mind that trends towards puzzling, you know, and figuring things out, which NetSuite's gotten me a, a long way on that, just like that I like to figure things out. Um, but now I'm thinking, 
can I figure things out for things that I really, really like doing yeah. and really, really like working on? Yeah, you know, that's, 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 that's an interesting um, point you made there, Ozar and, and Patrick. Um, so this is like, also the question you asked was, you know, what you like doing. Now, if I flip that question, right, all of us have personal morals and, 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 you know, not to take this down a political route, but this brings me to a, an interesting um, uh, instance that happened at a past employer where there was, you know, um, uh, when you work for a consulting company, sometimes you're just assigned to a project and you have to do it. And, you know, in, in this case, in this instance, the, the company was manufacturing firearms, right? And of course, some people have very strong views about being against that type of, uh, um, uh, of a company, but you, you're going to have some people that are going to speak up and then you're going to have some people that are, you know, afraid to, to do it because they don't want to, uh, you know, get, get involved in any sort of political discussion. But then again, they're not going to feel happy about, about working there, um, even, if they, even if they accept that project. I mean, have you ever run into that instance? This is just one example, uh, you know, that, that I found. But, uh, but I, I always thought that now, you know, when you're, when you're contracting, you have the freedom to choose and turn down certain projects if they don't, um, you know, match up with your morals, your beliefs and values. Uh, but I feel like, you know, when I was in uh, more of a consulting capacity working for another employer that I didn't, uh, I didn't have the confidence to be able to turn a certain projects down if I didn't, you know, want mm -hmm. to be uh, participating in them. Yeah, I mean, the short answer without getting into the specific clients or industries or anything um, is yes, I, I, I have been assigned clients that I've disagreed with, you know, that and, and did good work for them, you know, because yeah. I was just assigned to do the work and try to do my best job for them because that's what they hired me to do. But I didn't feel like I was in a position where I could say, no, I'm not, I don't want to work for that client, you know, and right. maybe some other consultants would, maybe people would be more brave about it or something. I don't know if it's a bravery thing or not, but um, just, uh, I, 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 I never wanted my employer to think like, Oh, like he's, he's rocking the boat or he's like a, a problem person or something. Exactly. So I just, yeah. so I just, so I just take it. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and try to do my best with it and work, work with work with it the best that I can or I could. But I, I definitely have worked with a couple of clients where I, when I was assigned it, I, thought, I felt like, oh, that's not my favorite thing that I'm yeah. going to be working on. Absolutely. Yeah, I can, yeah, I What's funny with this, though, is that, you know, we, so we personally have seen like company culture push away uh, employees, right? The best employees leave because the culture is not just a fit. So talking about industry is one thing, but also the culture of the business, right? So companies struggle to keep their best talent because the culture is not great, right? And now they're going to soon start struggling to get contractors because the contractors kind of, you know, they can make their own choices, right? So I think for, you know, on the flip side, I think on the, on the good side, it kind of forces businesses to rethink of, you know, the internal things like you know are you are you committed to you know things that really help the world mm -hmm. and make changes internally because end of the day you're not only going to be losing your, your employees mm -hmm. but even contractors are now even more picky about how they you know how they work with clients what clients they work for if they want they feel like your company is not doing the right things yeah um, that could be because you're also into like you're they're also interviewing you as you interviewing them right so so yeah i'm kind of curious to see how companies react to people being more picky about you know where they work right and the companies yeah. they well, work that, for. that's the thing i mean when you're working for an employer you know sometimes it's it's a matter of like morals and values where you're assigned to a project other times you just are you know let's say like let's say for some reason you just really dislike manufacturing it's not even that you don't learn it you don't want to do it you just don't you don't enjoy it Mm -hmm. Right. So I truly believe that if you don't enjoy doing something, you'll get the job done because you have to. But that that's going to that's going to be reflective in the quality of your work, because mm -hmm. if you enjoyed doing something, you would give it your all. You would do a, you perform a better job and the client would be happier. Right. So although it's, it's OK to learn things and sometimes you have to, to, to do things that you don't necessarily like doing, you know, it's just a part of uh, uh, work in general. I think the more um, experience we gain and the more confidence we gain and, and, and um, uh, start going independent, we have the option to completely say, OK, you know, I, I understand a little bit of manufacturing. If the company has, you know, a few assembly items and things like that, I can deal with it. But if they're a full manufacturing shop, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to participate in that. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits. Like when we have consultants join OD Cloud, you know, a lot of people ask, um, what's your vetting process, right? 
we have a vetting process, but we but our vetting process doesn't discount someone because they don't know a particular module. It just means that they're not a fit for a particular client type, but they may be a great fit for someone that has uh, services, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Or is maybe in uh, in the software industry, or um, you know, uh, a smaller company that's that's startup based or finance, whatever it may be. So we just try to make sure that we gather enough information uh, to be able to. Uh, you know, Patrick, like yourself, uh, find you a project that's more in line with your, not only your interests, but also your background skill set and what you desire doing with your, with your career. So mm-hmm. um, that's something that I've found um, to be a pretty challenging thing as, as well, you know? Yeah, I, I think I agree because vetting someone is like, you know, you, you vet someone and technical expertise, right? Great. But if you find someone, if you ask enough question to that person, even if they are basically entry level in that module, but as long as the client industry or the interest is shared within that customer and that consultant, mm-hmm. they will quickly ramp up on expertise. I've seen people right. learn things like overnight because <laughs> they just want to be part of this project. Even myself, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I need, I want to be on this gig, right? So mm-hmm. the client is in this space, don't worry, give me a week, I'm going to ramp up on my expertise on this specific module because I want to be part of that project. So mm-hmm. yeah, as you just said, like vetting someone is really kind of, it's more a matching process than trying to say, hey, this person has to be good in everything. You know, find what they like best and they will learn because even naturally you tend to learn things that you, that you enjoy, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Patrick, I did have, uh, you know, one, one more question for you. <laughs> um, so you know, based on all this feedback, this valuable feedback you provided of like how you started off in your career, your overall path and, and um, you know, how you ended up where you are today as, uh, you know, being as successful as you are, where do you think, you know, in the next five to 10 years, you see your career heading um, and where do you see the overall NetSuite industry kind of heading? You know, I just love to hear your perspective, you know, whether it's going back to corporate, staying, you know, con- in, in the role that you are contracting, you know, just, uh, what, what, what's your feedback on that? Yeah, um, thanks for asking. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think about it from time to time about like where 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 will I be in a few years? I've I've, I've haven't always been like a ten year plan kind of guy or so, something. You know, like I it's not that I roll from one thing to the next, but my career has kind of gone that way. You know, where I got into something I enjoyed and just kept um, kept getting slightly better at it. Um, and sometimes I'll be like in the middle of a workday think, is this what I'm going to be doing when I'm 50, like, or 60 or something like, I, yeah. and, but I've, I've often found that that's not valuable time to sit and think about like what's going to happen in, you know, in 2040 um, or 2030 or something like that. But like, what's, what's going to happen this year and, and where am I going to move uh, in the next couple of years? But to answer your question, um, I, I, I'm really looking forward to exploring um, contract, uh, working as a contractor, um, seeing where that takes me over the next year or so um, to kind of feel, feel that out and feel if it's the right, the, the right place for me. Um, I've considered going back to, uh, go, going back to corporate because, you know, it's, it, it, it can be, it has its own set of stresses, uh, especially if you get with a bigger company. Um, um, but they're different, you know, it's not the same kind of like, um, you're not billing time and backing up your build time and things like that, you know, like, uh, I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about, but mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. don't work in consulting, you know, you really have to prove your, prove your work and, um, and in a corporate, um, in a, in a corporate um, environment, I, it's not like I would sit around in gold brick or something or like, or, or malinger, but it, there's, there's a little more time to work on things, you know, where you can kind of think things yeah. through. And I've thought about that before, but um, I, I really like where I've seen the NetSuite space grow in the last couple of years, um, particularly in consulting. Like when I first started looking into it, not knowing what I was doing, you know, I, am looking mostly at recruiters and the jobs they're posting and posted jobs on Indeed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that over the last year or a couple of years, it's maybe since the Oracle acquisition that the, the NetSuite's gotten bigger and bigger, you know, like um, um, that the value of a consultant has gone up in my opinion, um, where you'll see those, you used to see those um, like contract roles um, being posted at like $65 an hour to $80 an hour or something, which is a nice, nice pay, but it's gone up since then. And yeah. it's not that pays everything either, you know, like, I would take a job that paid less if it, if it, uh, 
a contract that paid less if it aligned with me, you know, like than one that was more that, that paid much more and wasn't something I was interested in. But I, and I say that, but I, I really believe that I would. Um, but I, it, it seems like, like to your point before about how companies need to start adjusting, like the, 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 um, um, make cultural changes to, to retain people. Mm -hmm. um, I think NetSuite, people with NetSuite knowledge, the, the, the pool's gotten bigger, you know, like we, we, it, it's definitely a bigger environment, but the, the, the skill set has become more desirable as there's more, more clients. So I really feel like I'm in a lot more in the driver's seat than I was a couple of years ago. And, yeah. and, uh, I, I, I see a lot of opportunities for people to be able to get into consulting or work for themselves or work with a company like OD cloud, you know, where you can contract and have a group of people behind you. That was, I mean, that was one of the scariest parts about even going to work for that manufacturer was, Oh, I don't have that consultant that I've relied on anymore yeah. or the yep. consulting budget. And I don't have anybody, you know, I can reach out to my friends that I used to work with, but they've got their own jobs. Yeah. And it, like there's groups like OD cloud and, you know, the, the, the community is really supportive. I found like, you know, you both probably know about the NetSuite professional Slack group. You know, there's always yeah. people on there. Like, there's people that I feel like it's their full-time job to answer questions <laughs> on there. You know? and, and, and I think that's really helpful. And, yeah. and with that kind of support and uh, available to people, um, I think that there are some really great opportunities in the, in the coming years for people to be able to um, work in uh, a freelance capacity or to be a little, have a little more power in their negotiations when um, in um, choosing a consulting firm or a firm to work for, to find something that works with your schedule and works with your work-life balance goals and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I really answered your question, but I, 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 I'd really like to be able to enjoy my family life and work, you know, not yeah. just work and then in this in my spare time enjoy my family life and my my own personal passion projects, you know, so, and I think that this is really going to afford that to me. And if you don't mind me just kind of uh, chiming in here real quick. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, and what's, what's actually difficult with that, so thanks Patrick for, for that response, but what's actually difficult with that, res with, that, with, that, with that question, like, you know, five, 10 years as a contractor, like when you look at it, right? So I've been doing this for what, four years now, and I can tell you the randomness of uh, the random things that happen that you take just because you have a conversation with someone and you can actually do it and just randomly join a project, randomly have a conversation and now you're in a different space. That's also very huge in this, you know, in this contract work because you meet people so often that even your plan, like you put five years plan forward, you don't know what your next conversation is going to be about and where it's going to take you. Mm -hmm. And now that you have the freedom to kind of just, you know, jump from one thing to the other, you don't even know if you're going to stick to your path, you know? So yeah. tomorrow you, you know, you get a gig, for example, Patrick, you know, you get a gig with a client and this is like so amazing. Like you see this company have amazing vision mm -hmm. and they just have so much work done. Yeah. Maybe that would be your corporate, you know, going back to corporate thing, right? Or you find mm -hmm. this engineer has an amazing idea. Maybe that's you starting a new startup, right? Building yeah. a company because you've had so many ideas, so many projects to work on and you can see a product out of those things, right? And one conversation after, Bam! Here is you working as a partner with this developer and building this amazing software. Mm -hmm. So I've I've asked this question over time with even with people from from the community, and I've seen their quest, their answers, and I see what they've done like since they answered the questions. Like they would have never thought about that the first day they came in. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that's, that's a great thing. That, yeah, that is a, that, that is a great point. You know, there's you, you just never know what's what, in the, the the last. I've been in working in NetSuite for about eight years now, and at the start of it, I just, I, I, the, my, my career has gone in ways that I wouldn't have expected, yeah. you know, in positive ways. Yeah. And, you know, like this being NetSuite specific, um, I have worried in the past that I'm very, that I'm siloing myself into one thing, into NetSuite, mm -hmm. but I'm not worried about that anymore either. You know, there's, there's enough competing pro project, pro products and IT projects where just having worked on these big scale projects and, uh, learning how this like NetSuite database works. It's useful. Like I, I would feel comfortable applying for a, a job with Salesforce, you know, like being yeah. a project manager yeah. for Salesforce, even though I haven't worked with it very much yeah. just because yeah. I've worked in NetSuite. So, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah.
Yeah. So I think one, I think one point that I wanted to cover, I know we didn't speak too much about this, but my big thing with when you go, you know, once you reach this level of experience and expertise is the matter that you have to build time. They'll probably take it on the podcast <laughs> to talk about it honestly, but just going to throw this out there. I think one of the things that I struggled with as I was getting, getting more seniority in NetSuite or even my job as, you know, I've done project management, uh, solution architect, done some, you know, very technical stuff. Then you get, you get to a point that you're, you're like, I don't want to be, I don't want to sit down eight hours again to prove my worth, right? There has to be something out there that doesn't rely on me sitting down and building time that can still make me, you know, uh, like I, I can still make money out of, right? So mm-hmm. just a quick question to you. So do you, like, how do you feel about building time right now? Is that still consistent with what you, you know, with what you want to do in life? And how is that affecting the way you work? Um, it's a, a real consideration because I, I, I don't know if it's the same for you. It, it sounds like it, but that building time can be a real grind, you know, like yeah. that, uh, um, um, I kind of mentioned it in like the, my comparison of corporate to working as a consultant, um, where I, I need, I need to prove, um, every minute that I worked, you know, that this was billable, worth the time, worth the, the dollars that they're putting into it. And that's something that I bring to it too, you know, that yeah. I want my, my work to be worth that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, that has gotten me down in the past feeling like, oh man, I've, I've got to build eight hours today. I've got to, I've got to do the eight hours of solid work. And that might sound like lazy what? to an outside observer yeah. or something, you know, but, yeah. it, but, but it is, it can start to feel difficult after a while. Yeah, and both, yeah. like looking forward as a, co- as a contractor, I've been reaching out to a lot of my different vendor contacts and trying to find ways that, you know, there, there are ways that you can make money working as a contractor that don't involve billing an hour to get paid an hour too. you know, partnership agreements with, uh, with suite app providers and other vendors and things like that. And, and I'm really exploring a lot of those opportunities to be able to, you know, um, if I bring referral business in or something like that, that's um, so that's something to really consider. I think if somebody's interested in getting into into contracting, and most of these companies are more than happy to just sit down with you for an hour or more to just sit there and talk about their product and tell you all about it and why you should be selling that over the competitor. You know, so yeah. yeah. No, I think it's it's a and it's it's a very important point to think about because even as you as you become more senior your time is different than someone that just started off with NetSuite. Like I will hire you for a job and then you, you would take probably two hours to solve the issue. Why mm-hmm. junior guy would take eight hours. He's getting, he's getting paid eight hours. You're getting paid two, but you mm-hmm. spend all these years learning about this thing. So you've done it over and over. So even if you did, even if you solve the problem in five minutes, mm-hmm. why is it only worth five minutes of, you know, of, uh, of compensation? So that's a good question to ask. You know, once you start having this much experience that, you know, are there, other, are there other ways to work with your clients? And I'm I'm all for that. You know, even clients that we have right now, they will just pay to have this guy available because mm-hmm. they know that once the issue comes, it's going to take me five minutes mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to get the cheapest or the most effective time allocation. Just just get him available, make him available. I want to make sure that he's available 10 hours a week mm-hmm. because when that stuff comes up, I don't want to be running around finding some guy or whatever. So you make him available 10 hours a week. And I feel it's kind of finding the right balance within, you know, you bring in value to a company mm-hmm. and the company's seeing value also keeping you around for a long term. So that's mm-hmm. one option. Again, referrals, like working with other software partners to say, you know, this is how you can plug in our software in your conversations. If that mm-hmm. really meets your client's need, why not? Because you're solving your client's problem end of the day, right? Yeah. You bring them in, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. I really like that about the OD cloud model, that um, kind of retainer model um, that you have that person available they, that the company can budget for like yeah. accurately and they're not surprised by an invoice or something yeah. or feel yeah. caught out by an invoice. They just know exactly. that this is how much it costs a month. And that, um, my favorite consulting firm that I, that I'd ever worked with, they, they worked in a similar model was buying, blocks of time you just buy 24 hours or 25 hours at a time and i found that as an end user you end up using that time more effectively too that you're not just trying to get it done as quickly as possible like in the fewest amount of hours you think i think more like okay i've got 25 hours that i can use you know that Mm -hmm. i I can use this person's time yeah I, I, i really i really appreciate that model